This is the Podswoggle Network, a podcast network with entertainment. Welcome back, TV junkies and couch potatoes. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Picked Up. My name is Robert. I'm sitting here with my co-host, roommate, and good friend, Rich. I'm excited to be back here on the mics with the cans on the head. We recorded two episodes back-to-back, and that was awesome. Yes. But it also made me long for another podcast. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm very excited, too. I'm like, I'm going to get to watch TV in just like 30 minutes or so. <laughs> it's going to be great. Yeah, hello, Rich. How are you doing, buddy? I'm doing good, man. Uh, uh, how are you doing, and what do we do here? Oh, I'm doing very well. I'm happy to be recording this show where we use NetflixRoulette.net to randomly sickle, select a show that hopefully is available for streaming on Netflix. And then if it is, we are going to watch the pilot episode. And then from that, we'll come back here and give a quick synopsis, give some critiques and criticisms, and just have a discussion that can go anywhere in the realm of TV land. We'll see. Yeah. It it. it. It sometimes has gone anywhere. It's taken some uh, weird turns. And I before. fucking love it. I love it. Uh, <clears throat> what you watching, man? Wheel. Uh, I do watch at a very slow rate, but my watching is going up. Historically, I don't watch anything, but my watching is going up. Um, I've seen about a third of Daredevil, which is killer. And I know you've seen more. Yeah, I will go ahead and reverse my stance on Daredevil. Oh, cool. <laughs> um, not that I was digging my heels in the sand. Sure. Uh, but yeah, it turns out everyone was right. That show, there there are some fights in that show, like as the show goes on, that kind of become hard to watch. Yeah. There are times where I'm just like, oh no, I kind of, this is this is rough. I don't want to, you, you gain an affinity for a character. And you're just like, I don't want to see that happen to him. It's a very violent show. It's a very violent Which is show. Kind of baller. I didn't realize it was TVMA going into it. Yeah. It's very strange. It's definitely the most mature Marvel property so far. And I, I would be hard-pressed to see any of the other Netflix shows coming out. Do that? Do that as much, yeah. Is Daredevil in the comics that intense? I think so, yeah. It, the Born Again storyline, and I haven't read... There have been two major arcs since, like, this millennium that I haven't read by Brian Michael Bendis and by Mark Wade. I think the Brian Michael Bendis one was pretty rough. But, yeah, I think that's pro- probably in line. Jessica Jones, I think she's going to get end up getting, like, captured and tortured for a couple episodes, so that might be uncomfortable. But I don't think any of these other shows are going to be that violent. Okay. Or at least, like, gritty violent. Like, Iron Fist might be all, like, kung fu fun or something. But I don't think we're going to see... Kung fun. Kung fun. That's right. But, yeah, so I watched a little bit of that. And Netflix released the season four of Bob's Burgers. Mm-hmm. Which, overall... A little disappointing? Doesn't have as high of a hit rate as really? the previous seasons. I was talking with my sister, Kelly, whose Twitter handle is, like, K-Bot, K-Bot Super, Super Dupes. That's right, K-Bot Super Dupes. <laughs> Season one and two, I think, probably have the the highest hit rate. Season three has a couple really killer episodes. So far, season four has probably have one episode that's in my new favorites category. But by and large, it's uh, it's okay. All right. Yeah. Is that, about, uh, well, that's a, about it for me. <clears throat> for me, uh, watching my regular lineup, 
my regular uh, uh, stable of shows. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Mad Men has been really good in its uh, last run, as it were, except for, I guess at this point, two weeks ago, where they really just tested the patience of their viewers and people who like to watch capable acting in general. Sorry, I just got a text from my mom telling me that Baltimore is rioting. About what? I have no idea. It's just a good day to riot, I guess. I Please let this be the start of the end. <laughs> right in the middle of a show. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't think it would start in Baltimore, though. DC's right down the road! Right, but that's that's what makes it authentic. It's like, it started in Baltimore. <laughs> the Rat of Crabs. <laughs> crab people. <laughs> We're out of crabs, hon. This is bullshit. Throw that chair through a window. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, so uh, the bulk of uh, one, uh, the, the, the episode a couple weeks ago was just putting January Jones, Matthew Weiner's kid, and fucking Sally Draper in a room together and just having them act for like 20 minutes. And it was the roughest, toughest, roughest tumbling in the West. It was, it was, it was, it got so bad that you felt like you were kind of watching the room, a well shot room. Oh man. A professionally shot room. That paints a great picture because I am not at all up to date on Mad Men, but that does not sound like that's any fun to watch. By the time, uh, when you started watching, or when you stopped watching, had the 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 kid Glenn been introduced yet? Is he the kid in the first season who talks to her through the car? Yeah, he's like the creepy kid that like follows Betty around a lot, and like I can't remember when it was, but he like asks for a lock of her hair and shit, and it's like really creepy. I think so. Like first season, I think so. Yeah, she has like a really surprisingly in depth conversation with like a little kid. Yeah. I think that's, yeah. yeah. That kid is Matthew Weiner's son. Okay. And he's perhaps the worst actor on earth. Great. And, and his she, dad's Matthew Weiner. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and, oh Why God, is she so unlikable? I think part of it for me is she has like these dead eyes. Yes. There's like not much going on behind them. Mm-hmm. So I think that's part of it. Uh, I think what may not have helped is the combination of her, the character that she's played for over seven years of Betty Draper, which is just an insufferable wench, mm-hmm. and her the parts of her real life that have leaked out in the media. Uh, I'm unaware of those. She has had she's like dated a lot of dudes, like a lot of high profile dudes. Uh, I think she dated Sudeikis. Um, don't quote me on the, no, it was either, well, it wasn't Forte because he's working with Forte. I'm pretty sure it was Sudeikis before he was dating Olivia Wilde. Anyway, um, yeah, she like dated Bobby Flay. Uh, she has a kid who like, she either, she doesn't know or she's not telling like who the father is. Ooh, she, ate the pla- she ate the placenta, which is like, is it true? And it, yeah. Just riffing. No, I can't tell. No, oh man. Is, yeah. Jesus Christ. <laughs> she's in the Tyson zone, man. That's pretty weird. Yeah. So, like, I think it's a combination of all those things that have made her, like, highly unlikable. Yeah. Um, And she's on Last Man on Earth, which is, like, 
it's man that show's just it's just becoming just a regular show now i wanted to bring this up actually yeah. the couple times that i've seen that show mm-hmm. with you it's that i can't stand her on that and that if the formula every week is going to be him kind of being shitty and then like the buffoonery of the other characters, like the one buffoon character who somehow everything goes right for him. And mm-hmm. then January Jones, who hates Will Forte, like that show's going to suck dick, like over the long run. Well, luckily they've added more characters. Okay. So her uh, usage rate has gone down, oh, which is good. Please. Good. Um, I'm very happy to hear that. But like, you know, they've also added, like, they're not bad additions. Like, if it was any other show, then a show called The Last Man on Earth, I'd be like, hell yeah, bring Mary Steenburgen aboard. Fucking Mel Rodriguez is crushing it right now. That dude was in the show that I absolutely loved last season on Fox that got canceled because it was on a fucking Friday night and no one watches sitcoms on Friday nights called Enlisted. Enlisted was a very enjoyable show. Really liked it a lot. Really? It was about uh, uh, like these military reserves in a camp in Florida. Uh, like on the West Coast, I, I forget the name of the the the, the camp, um, but yeah, and uh, yeah, it was just fucking great. And he was on it, you know, not a big part. Uh, and then uh, that ended, and he was on a couple episodes of Better Call Saul, and just fucking crushed. And he's so good on Last Man on Earth. That dude, he's like, because you know, he's you know a middle aged actor. Sure. And, like, that's the reason. That's the reason why you keep fucking plugging away. That's right. You know? Who else were we talking about? There's a million of them. But I remember we were talking about someone in... Hank. We were talking about Hank being a SWAT member in what movie? Dean Norris was a SWAT team uh, member in, like, some shitty 2000 action movie. T2. T2. Or that, Which yeah, is not that. back. Not shitty, not 2000s. But I feel like he probably has played the same part yes. in a shitty 2000s action movie. Yeah, I'm sure he did. But yeah, he was. A, yeah, that's right. There we go. That's yeah, right. Sorry, I was way off base. And, but that. no, but you're totally right. You're like, that's why you never give up. You yeah. keep, keep going, keep going, and then you just might get that part that's like everything. That's the breakthrough part. Yep. So, uh, yeah. Uh, so we've got. To Last Man on Earth from Mad Men. Last Man on Earth, like, hopefully it'll just, like, sort of... If that's the show, it's fine. It's just frustrating with what it could have been. Yeah. But I'm looking forward to next season and seeing what they do. I'm glad they finally brought up, like, why Tucson? Why the fuck are we in Tucson? Yeah. (laughs) Um, Which, like, real life, they probably have great tax breaks. Uh, In the story, it's just where... Will Forte, who put up the all the signs alive in Tucson. That's just where he lived. So okay, yeah, cool. But like, there should probably be a movement to go to San Diego. Sure, <laughs> like that's probably where I would flock take the to. show. That's no. If I was the last man on Earth, no, that's what I'm saying. Like over the like real life fiction. I'm like no, no, no. Like real life. Mm-hmm. Like there's a rapture and yes. everyone gets taken but me. Yes, like, I'm going to San Francisco. San Diego. San Diego. I'm Thank going you. to San Diego. That's right. Beautiful weather, mm-hmm. beaches. There's probably, you know, a bunch of dispensaries that I can loot. Sure. And it'd be great. Naval yard. Naval yard. Oh, my God. Military presence there. Holy shit. I'm going to fucking <laughs> shoot off some cannons. Fuck yeah, dude. Hell yeah. You can get your own uh, aircraft carrier. Absolutely. Oh, hell yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm going. Good call. You could shoot Mexico, like, for fun. You could just sail down the coast and it's like, so, but yeah, so Mad Men's been good. 
Um, Great. Uh, One last question. What yeah. year is it in Mad Men? 1970. Right it's 1970. 1970. Okay. The show starts out 1960? 60 or 61, I think. I think it's 60. Kennedy election happened yeah. in season one. Is that right? I can't remember exactly. Uh, I think it was 60. Uh, but yeah, shows. Um, let's see. Watching Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones is building. It's slowly building. It's doing its thing. It's doing the HBO thing. Doing like, the we're, HBO thing. We're getting there. We're getting there. Silicon, Silicon Valley is really good. Still really good. Um, show that I gave up on. This might be like a, a weekly segment I try to do. Ooh, show yeah. I gave up on. Big time in Hollywood, Florida. Really? Liz mentioned when she was on the show that she thought it was a web series. And it probably should be a web series. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, the, the creative minds behind it are just too green. Uh, little, uh, this is a good thing for them to have to do, but that's why it probably should have been a web series. Mm-hmm. When the highlight of the show is maybe four or five episodes in, uh, uh, and you have a scene with Cuba Gooding Jr., and you have Omar Gooding show up to be his real life brother, mm-hmm. like, that's a great, like, that shouldn't be your highlight. But I fucking loved it. Mm-hmm. And it was like a nice little swan song. I was like, all right, you know what? At least we're going to go out on an Omar Gooding note. An Omar Gooding note. But yeah, um, it just kind of ceased to be that funny. I think you, that was a good call about commenting about these creators just being too green. Yeah. I think I, I think because of the need for content and everything just being on such an accelerated mm-hmm. rate, a lot of people are getting thrust into that role Probably a bit prematurely. And not finding tutelage to sure. grow under. Yeah. You know, there's a lot to be said about like finding basically a mentor and someone to some of the best showrunners have been spun off of other showrunners. Sure. Absolutely. You know, it's like like NFL coaching trees, you know, yeah. it, it, like there, it, there's so much behind it that there's. And understandably so, like you always feel like the clock is ticking and if a great opportunity just falls into your lap, it's hard to say no to it. I can't begrudge anybody for for saying yes to having a show on Comedy Central. Right. Because I will 100% do the same thing right now. Mm -hmm. But like hopefully they take these experiences and 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 can spin them off into something else. Right. It's, It's a little like harder learning. But. Maybe it'll eventually uh, uh, yield the same result. Yeah. So, but I had to give up on it. Couldn't keep watching it. And I'm going to try to, like, I just realized I watched so much damn TV that I realized I'm going to have to, like, start start killing off some shows that I don't need to watch. Like, I'm not exactly uh, uh, terribly enjoying right now. Like, right. a show that's on the block for me right now would be The Comedians. The Josh Gad, Billy Crystal show. I And it's, like, based off, like, a Swedish show or something like that. It's based off of another show. Yeah. The premise is that they're making a show for FX. Yeah. And that's based off of a foreign show. That's based off of a foreign show, correct. I don't know how I feel about that. I mean, it's fine. Like, shows are adapted all the time. Friends was adapted from, I'm going to guess, Sweden again. I know it was like a, one of those like. Like a Scandinavian country. Scandinavian countries, yeah. I was going to say happy sunny countries, but. You know, I feel like those countries are kind of like they're not happy sunny, but they are they have like the highest levels of like satisfaction and yeah. contentment. And they at least like it like put forth that image mm-hmm. anyway. There was that show that they uh was on NBC not this past summer, the summer of 2013. 
I think, uh, that was Greg Poehler, Amy's brother, and it was called Welcome to Sweden. Did and, not hear about that. Yeah, it was a sh- it's a show. I don't know if it's still running over there. They this it's the same like he developed this show over in Sweden. It's a show there, and they tried to adapt it for America, and it was very not good. Okay, it was rough. Um, you know, Amy Poehler seems like a very nice person because she's giving she's she's giving cracks at the plate to a lot of a lot of people. She's hooked a lot of people up. Yeah, um, and like again. Won't begrudge it for doing it, because if I was in that position, I'd be given. If I met you for five minutes in a coffee shop and you asked me for a show, I would try to produce it. Yeah, <laughs> I just, I just love buying drinks. Yeah, that's the equivalent of like buying drinks at a bar for me. If I had that kind of like clout and power and position yeah. in the entertainment industry, sure. So what, what are you drinking? What kind of show do you want? All right, cool. Let's game show. Let's go. <laughs> we got three game shows all around. Um, a show that's on fire right now that maybe on fire is a little strong, but this is another thing I want to try to start doing and it's just making me laugh very consistently, especially considering it's a, uh, a network uh, sitcom fresh off the boat Yeah, is pretty much crushing it right now. It's so fucking well-written. It that's, really is. That's pretty awesome. You know, it's nice. Again, it's, it's, I feel good because I feel like it, that is a show that sort of deserves to be rewarded, deserves recognition, and I hope it's getting it. It's settled in very quickly and very nice. And uh, also, I just, I watched this interview with uh, the, the, the dad, the guy who plays the dad on that show, Randall Park. Uh, he did an interview with Paul F. Tompkins on his show, Speakeasy. It's a YouTube show. Mm-hmm. Watch it. It's great. Uh, and he, <laughs> I may have just related a lot to him because he was talking about how he went to college and he had all these loans. And then he just like, it's like, all right, cool. I'm just going to actively not pay those back. And then when he got a job, he looked at his pay stub. He's like, what does garnish mean? <laughs> <laughs> wow. Not that that has happened to me, but... Uh, that's I'm, some real I'm, right there. That's the that's real, like, real. You think celebrities and these people are not human. It's like, oh, no. Hell no. They're human, all right. <laughs> but, the, yeah, that show is just really fucking great right now. Yeah, hell yeah. Like I said, I'm glad that a show with a super original voice is being rewarded, you yeah. know? Again, it's the fucking strength of America and all yeah. these places. It's like, use that. Yeah. You don't think there couldn't be another hilarious, like, Chicago should have a show like that mm-hmm. given all the cultural like density and all the cultural material yeah. in this city like it should happen and and with a pitch like that your your natural inclination would be to say like oh well i mean new york has more of that anyway but bill simmons has like pitched on his podcast for years like a reboot of cheers in chicago yeah and it's he? not like That's a cool. reboot but it's just like same fucking template it's basically, if you have ever done improv before, if you've ever done a mammoth, a ch- ch- the ep- uh, an episode of Cheers is basically a mammoth. It's in the same room, it's built, and you just fucking play with that and the characters that are in there. Right. Uh, and yeah, and, and that's the thing, is with that cultural diversity, you can have everybody at this, you can have a melting pot at a watering hole. Yep. Diversity. <laughs> I can't do, I need to learn how to do that better because that's one of the funniest accents. We were just at a show this weekend and this girl did a 
fantastic Chicago accent. Oh my god. It was so funny. I yeah. wish I knew her name. She has red hair and she used to be in the IO team villain. Uh if I ever find out, I'll say it here. Yeah, the Chicago accent is a very subtle one because it's not just the thing, but like when they did it, they sort of like amped it up yeah, to the point did. where it was like it was comical. Yeah, and you couldn't even like understand what the, <laughs> the bit was. He what? What are you? Doing? What are you saying? Huh? Um, but but yeah, I I've heard a lot of Chicago people like say Chicago like in a weird way, like Chicago. Mm-hmm. But that's even then that was like way off. Like I can't even try to fucking replicate it. It's something with the natural like jaw structure in the area that makes them say it that way. My dad always says it distinctly. He usually says Chicago. Yeah. Chicago. Like it's really it's really subtle. You're yeah. right. And and there's like a, a a lengthening of the O in there. Yeah. This this turned into a uh like a fucking uh a, a, a pathologist. Yeah. <laughs> podcast. Um I'm going to go ahead and hit uh Facebook and Twitter real quick. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to hit Facebook first because we've kind of neglected Facebook a lot. Yeah. Um, Sorry, Facebook. No. Yeah. I, I mean, Facebook, I'm sure, understands. But uh, like back in March, Mullet tweeted us, uh, Chris Mullet tweeted us a picture that uh, of, I guess he was at Sam's Club, and Midsummer Murders was 30% off. Yeah. To which he said, I'm not watching this when Augie Artillas and I come up. So he says. So he says. Um, your lovely sister Kelly also said, uh, uh, "Boy, you guys already have twenty episodes." Which, like, I didn't put it in context in my head when, <laughs> in that kind of context, when I posted it. But it was just like, "Shit, yeah, that's that's twenty weeks." Yeah. Are you gonna do anything special for twenty five? You should, at least think about it. Okay, <laughs> bye. So, uh, I mean, yeah, we'll try to think of something. Uh, it might coincide with a certain... Th- who knows? Uh, I don't know. It might coincide with that. I gotta do the math. Yeah. Anyway, uh, on uh, Twitter, we got some some Twitter to make up for. Yes. So, uh, from the Jeff Quintana episode, who uh, is, is gone from the city at this point. Mm-hmm. And you will be missed, Jeff. You will be missed. Uh, does Jeff have a Twitter account where he just tweets in Dolphin? Hashtag get on that from Stan the Dry Bear. Uh, what do we got? Kbot Super Dupes. Uh, she definitely agreed with you on the smug factor of uh, Benedict Cumberbatch Sherlock, which is why she never got into the actor or the show in a huge way. Um, and she also quoted Liz as uh, from another episode, a past episode. She's behind. Uh, Demanderson. Sorry, I fell behind. I've had a lot of wine. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. Uh, Stan the Dry Bear tweeted at us a YouTube link to, and this might throw into a, a special episode, um, the British attempt at a remake of that 70s show. Right. Which I'm just so morbidly intrigued by that. Yeah, like a an unaired pilot, something like that, right? Or an aired pilot? I, I it may have been aired. Okay. I don't know. Um, Otto commenting on his episode <laughs> that he was on. Because he's a he's a gauche he's a gauche man he's very into himself you may not have been able to tell Otto's very conceited and, and self centered <laughs> <laughs> controlling the narrative uh, I liked the part where I avoided arguing for Broad City over Garfunkel and Oates don't avoid conflict bro he Bring liked it. he liked like his own thing 
Yeah, yeah. He liked he liked him cowering. This uh, is the uh, and avoiding a sure defeat. The fullest realization of the narcissism of the internet age <laughs> is is complimenting yourself on something you did. Unless it's a, you know an honest compliment. It's like you know what of everything that was on that episode. This is what I like the most. Oh, it just happened to do with me. <laughs> it just happened to be me. Sorry, not sorry. Yep. Uh, and then your sister again, hashtag all caps, hell on wheels, two exclamation marks. Uh, listen, listen, uh, listen, I watched season one after Red De- after a Red Dead Redemption binge a that's few years right. ago. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. Definitely enjoyed. We'll go back for more. Kelly threw down on some Red Dead Redemption. Yeah. She played that a lot. <laughs> You know what? Uh, what game I really liked when it came out was for the PS2. It was called Gun. I remember that. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was a it was like a Rockstar uh, games. It was basically supposed so, to be Grand Theft Auto for the old West. It was like a proto Red Dead Redemption, right? Essentially, yeah. I never played Red Dead Redemption, so I gotta just assume that it was. Yeah, that, it was pretty great. <laughs> I never played it myself. I tooled around with it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And finally, uh, from Lily Nelson, who's changed her Twitter handle. Mm-hmm. If you want to follow Lily, at uh, two yogi for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, the two is a two, number two, the four is a number four, and then a U. Uh, and she just tells us that she's going to consolidate a list of the best things that you guys say on every episode. Oh, wow. So that will be uh, fascinating mm-hmm. to see compiled. Uh, that's also a very similar uh, endeavor that a listener of Podswoggle is trying to do right now. He's um, John from Glasgow. We like play a bunch of different like games on the show, uh, and so he's like compiling stats, mm-hmm. and it's intense. And he's also trying. He's going through and listening to every Podswoggle Network show. Wow! In order. That's dedication. I, I we say it every time. It's like. Uh, Good luck and God bless. Mm-hmm. Uh, and thank you so much. That's amazing. But yeah, so that's that. Um, <clears throat> should we get down to the nitty gritty? Yeah. Or do you got anything else it. you'd like to, to, to mention? Last thing, and I just don't want to, <laughs> I would like to get down to the nitty gritty, but if you have not seen Rick and Morty on Adult Swim, you need to watch it. And maybe we'll get into it more next time. I haven't just discovered it. I'm a huge Rick and Morty fan. I think it's coming back in the summer. For its second season. And you want to talk about funny. That show is wonderful. Rick and Morty. I've never watched it. You guys have been on me since I moved up here to watch it. So I got to get on that. Oh, it's good. Okay. So yeah, what we're going to do is Rich is going to pull up NetflixRoulette.net. And using the randomizer, we are going to select a show. Here we go. Spinning. Well, I've heard of it. Fringe from 2008. Oh man, yeah. Um, no, I'm I'm interested. I have not seen it. <clears throat> okay. Um, heard it was very cool. Mm-hmm. Like JJ JJ Abrams, right? Oh, that's right. Yeah, you did. JJ Abrams he is behind like, it. Freaky sci-fi type yeah. thing. Well, as part of the Fringe division, uh, eager young FBI agent Olivia Dunham uses experimental science to unravel the layers of mystery surrounding a series of dangerous and escalating. Paranormal events called the pattern. Um, okay, I'm I'm interested. What year are we talking? 2008. 2008. And yeah, I just I just like the idea of paranormal events. Mm-hmm. I'm always down with 
the paranormal. Um, if I'm right, this show was was wrapped up very well. I believe. Really, I believe that the show was kind of conceived well. If it wasn't executed super well, it was at least like conceived well, especially in terms of like an ending, rather than letting something like peter off yeah. or not having an idea. I think that this was ended pretty well. Okay. Well, I'm definitely intrigued. Yeah. Because uh, it would it was a show that. <sighs> It's kind of hard to not be like kind of one of those with it, but like I would hear about this show like on the fringe, and like I would know, like fringes seems to be a perfect fucking word for this show, sure, as far as like how it was re- uh, received in the mainstream. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, uh, I'm I'm looking forward to it though. It should be nice, it should be good. Same here, I agree. I'm excited. I hope you're excited listening out there, and we will catch you after the break. back indeed from watching fringe yep first episode um like a hour and a half pilot yeah it would have been a a two-hour season premiere special yep as it was 2008 and it was a jj abrams joint so i was like yeah we're fox you can Mm. have as much time as you want yeah this was on fox right as much money yeah this was on fox um, I didn't like it very much. Really? No, that was that was long, and it took a while, and it. Well, it was long, yeah. No, I mean it. It had ten cool minutes for the eighty that I had to watch it. In my opinion, I don't think season premieres, much less uh, uh, series premieres, should be anywhere near that long. That's just not a good look for most most things maybe season finales because you have a lot of stuff that you've been building for yourself to work with Mm -hmm. but from starting with nothing you should probably you know i agree like get in get out like establish and establish whatever you need to establish and make it cool right um i think you're able to be a lot more focused when you don't have as much time and you can leave them wanting more. Yep. And you don't have to give like, yeah, all sorts of like finality and stuff like that. Like, you know. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I agree with that that aspect of like I mean, it was definitely long. There was definitely a point where I got to where it's just like cuz I didn't know you started it without uh me seeing the the how long the the, t- the episode was. Mm-hmm. So I just went in just going like it was around like the 50 minute mark where I'm just like they're they're nowhere near wrapping this up so i checked and it's like oh yeah this is an hour 20 yeah um but uh well let's let's talk about let's recap a little bit as quick as possible because there's a lot of stuff that we could skip even though i do have a lot of notes but it starts out uh on an airplane uh so a jj abrams show starts out on an airplane i know right there's a pattern developing uh so i was just kind of like ah come on come on jj Mm-hmm. Um, this was also created uh, uh, created with uh, uh, Roberto Orsi and Robert Kurtzman. I might have those two mixed up, uh, <clears throat> but he's worked with them before on, I think, like Star Trek and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Pardon me. And so 
Yeah. On an airplane, they're going through an electrical storm. Homeboy injects himself with like a di- like a diabetic pen. Yeah. Uh, and then he starts to develop like all these boils. He vomits all over a flight attendant. And then everyone else starts to come down with that shit. And then faces start falling off. It's like, all right, that's pretty dope. It was a cool opening. That was probably two of the cool <laughs> ten minutes that are in this show. So, that, was, yeah. that was starting with, with fire. And then uh, you, get, you hit the open. And then you go to a motel. And it's like, oh, this couple is sneaking around or whatever. Because they're in a motel. And they're like, we're tired of sneaking around. Mm-hmm. So that's how I came to that conclusion. And... It was funny. Uh, Homeboy's uh, uh, BlackBerry went off. Mm-hmm. And it just like really set this in 2008 for me. Yeah. Just how much like there were years and we forget this. There were a few years where it was the iPhone and the BlackBerry. And that's what it was. But now like, yeah, the BlackBerry is such a, a dated reference now. And I love I kind of love it. It's kind of funny and sad. Yeah. Yeah, so these two people are federal agents. Um, I forget their names. It's not important. Olivia. Agent Scott and Olivia. I, John Scott and Olivia Durham. I just kept calling the other guy homeboy. Right. As and I kept so but Olivia federal... Durham is oh, Dunham. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, she's the main character. It doesn't matter. It, it doesn't matter. <laughs> it's, uh, so they're federal agents, and they're together, but it's kind of on the low down. Yeah. You know. And so they both get called to the scene of this plane which has autopilot landed at Logan Airport in Boston. And I don't think that's a thing, right? Uh, if movies were to teach me anything, because they also like specified how it's like one of the few planes or like Logan Airport has like the one, like one of the few airports that has the capability to do that. Mm-hmm. And TV would lead me to believe that also, I believe JFK has the ability to do that as well because, and I watched the whole first season of the show and I'm very disappointed in it now that I would do this, but the strain more or less, more or less completely lifted this entire like sequence. Okay. That's essentially how the strain started. This whole opening. The whole, yes. Okay. Something happened on a plane. Someone's not feeling right. Something gets let loose. Plane autopilot lands itself. Fucking CDC, FBI, interagency, uh, working together. And they got to go into the plane with the suits. Everyone just is like, what is happening? Except in the strain, it's much more boring in that like all the bodies are still there and everyone hasn't melted. Right. Um, but yeah, same fucking opening. Yeah. And uh, uh, yeah, a little less, not not done quite as well by the strain, I no. gotta say. This was done very well. So, yeah. Um, the- also, I'm a sucker for cool text on a screen sure i'm a sucker for that it might be corny i don't care it was cool however they only went to like two or three different places really it was always just like massachusetts massachusetts why well, can't like, like massachusetts <laughs> it's like harvard massachusetts or cambridge massachusetts i mean they went to a bench a bunch of places in massachusetts right uh they also went to baghdad they went to new york yeah and they went to they pretty much covered massachusetts yeah uh i have a feeling it'll probably get a little bit more globe trotty yeah as it I goes mean, i could see that happening yeah i think it is really cool but i also like to see that used for more than just like location purposes it's like I don't know. I do like when what, what was what was the recent thing that had a lot of info on screen. Oh, I know Zombieland did it. Zombieland yeah. did it really well. Zombieland, 
Scott Pilgrim did it. Mm-hmm. A lot of films can yeah. do it with and a lot of different info. I, I like the way that uh, like House of Cards will do like texting as well. They yeah, that well, yeah, that was really cool. Um, <clears throat> but I'm just a sucker for it, especially when it's like 3D and you go through it, and it's just it's it, it's cheap. But I fucking um, I'm just a sucker. Oh, it's cool. Um, um, okay, so plane is burnt at the insistence of the CDC, and I love how they how they told you that. Yeah, like. They're in the plane. It's like, this shit's fucked up. Mm-hmm. Cut to FBI office. You're going up the stairs and you see that the news is on, like, just in the hallway. And, yeah, it's just the report of – and it shows the plane being burnt. Mm-hmm. So they probably saved some money on that just because it's a much smaller graphic. Yeah. Um, it's like, yeah, and the plane was burnt at the insistence of the CDC. Right. And uh, and then you're also uh, like a little bit before that, and in the scene as well, introduced to uh, who I pretty much just know him as Lieutenant Daniels mm-hmm. uh, from The Wire. I think he goes by Boyle in the show. But I have that weird thing where uh, if I see somebody from The Wire is in your show, like we're good. I feel I I feel trusting about this. He's a a, a very good actor. I yeah. really enjoy seeing him every time I do. What's his real name? Do you know? I do not know. I was thinking about pulling it up, but I cannot. Um, but yeah. Uh, yeah, he's... So I was just like, okay, cool. You, you feel comfortable. You feel warm. It's like an old shoe. Sure. Um, and I mean, that's just something that The Walking Dead has done amazingly. It's just cast a shit ton of people from The Wire and like, oh, we're good. And they are. It's great. So yeah. Uh, let's see. They're in the office. They're going over stuff. Um, Porsche plane. I just thought that was a really cool. It was it was uh, a unique, and I thought it was an, an efficient storytelling technique of just like not leaving. Yeah, that the only one t- they use. <laughs> yeah, not like leaving that kind of just open. Like, oh, what happened to the plane? It's like this is what happened to the plane, but we're going over here. Yeah. Um. So yeah, so he's not really ex- respecting uh Melissa that much, or not Melissa. Uh, why is Olivia? Olivia. Right. Um, and so he just sends her to go uh, check out this one random lead they, they have. Yes. Uh, her and Homeboy go to this uh, storage uh, unit facility in Chelsea, Massachusetts. And yeah, they, they uh, break open. They play some storage wars. Uh, and check out some some storage units. You know, that I did like, too. They actually took the time to show that it took them forever. They broke into every storage unit. It went from light to dark. Time passed. I actually really appreciated that moment. It wasn't like, oh, hey, we hit it on the first try. It's like we went through every storage unit here. And they also had the time to play with, too, in the yeah. episode. Yeah. It's like, oh, man, we're about like we're about like 45 seconds short. What can we do? Mm-hmm. Can we go send them to open up some more storage units? Yep. That'd be, that should do it. Um, there was like an old antique car in one of them. It was pretty great. Uh, and then, yeah, uh, Homeboy. Uh, Olivia goes to make a call. Homeboy opens up this storage unit, and there's like, he finds a bunch of storage units with like crazy experiments going on. And uh, the you know guy performing the experiments is in one. Mm-hmm. They chase after him on foot. And uh, cut two, he gets led to a trap. He gets blown up. Yes. Uh, Antagonist and, escapes. Uh, Homeboy yes. gets blown up. Uh, Olivia is like by like collateral damage. Type yeah. Of thing. 
And that was a pretty cool sequence of her like getting rushed to the hospital. Yes, and it was. That was uh, that was really well done as well. Um, and then so they tell him, uh, they tell her that homeboy's been uh, like he survived the blast, mm-hmm. but all, this chemical agent got all over him. Mm-hmm. Cut to your secret lover has clear skin now, and he's, he's in a coma. Pretty rough. And they use that clear skin bit a lot, and I was down for it every time. Oh, it looked really cool. It, it looked neat. really fucking great. I was there was a moment where I'm just like, that'd be cool if that's just his character from now on. He's just the guy with the clear skin. That would be a great idea. That would be a fantastic idea. We'll get to how it actually resolves, yeah. but that be, would be a great idea. It'd be so expensive to sustain, but it would be. In and to in, get him actually uh, like moving around too. In Angel, like the spin-off. Uh-huh. Didn't they have a couple guys who were like demons and they were in like full makeup like every show? The guy yeah. looked like yeah, uh, like a big green demon, but he was just also like in a suit too. It was just like another character. Yeah. You know. So uh so yeah, her lover is in a coma. He might die soon. And so she follows the leads. Uh, she's doing some research. She finds that there's this doctor who used to do experiments on all sorts of crazy stuff and has kind of dabbled in this area. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a pretty extensive Google search scene. Well, FBI Google search scene on the FBI's Google. And uh, I, want, I want that FBI Google. Seems yeah. like, like it. It seems like it's pretty much just uh, like Lexis ne- Lexis Nexus. Uh, have you ever you never? Oh, uh, like they would have it at the library in college. Okay. Yeah, that yeah. was like how you would research papers and shit. Okay. Like yeah. A citation. A yes. citation search engine. Exactly. But for the FBI. Yeah. And um, and sh- this name keeps popping up, Doctor Walter Bishop. She's like, I need to go find him, but he's in a mental institution for the last seventeen years. Only family can see him. I'm gonna go track down his son. Okay. In Baghdad. Real quick. This yeah. is a this is the first part of huge runaround. Huge runaround. Their justification. Okay, so they want to reveal that they want to include this character. They want to include his son as well. They're both cool characters, so I like them. They mm-hmm. did a good job. But the way that they felt they had to do it created a huge fucking runaround. Like yeah. you can't see him because you're not family. He even says, like, just you know, you would need the Patriot Act. Well, it's 2008 and you're the feds. I'm sure you have the fucking Patriot Act. You could march in there and lay down the law. They have pretty much like a, in the FBI, I'm sure they have a bowl of M&Ms and a bowl of Patriot Acts. That's right. That you could just use. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I agree. I, I feel like uh, I want to see this episode cut in half. You totally could do it. Like, I have a feeling that a lot of what maybe you didn't like or what is not great about this episode is a, is too much exposition too much run around and and it's because that like fox had jj abrams name which was scorching hot at the time mm-hmm. and wanted to make the most of it and pop a big number for you know i mean lost had just and when, when did lost end do we know? No, no, no. Lost was still going strong. I'm an yeah. idiot. Never mind. So Lost was still going strong. Very strong. 
And uh, yeah, so they wanted to get that that you know that J.J. Abrams butt rub, and yes, and so yeah, so they blowed it out, and they got to do shit like this. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so it goes to Baghdad. Goes to Baghdad to get the son of the doctor, because he's the only one who can visit the doctor mm-hmm. and get him available to the FBI. Um, character is, um, I find cool enough. The son, yeah. Yeah, young, yeah I like young Bishop is neat. And then, uh, so uh, he is extorted to accompany Olivia back to the asylum where Dr. Bishop is. And then that's the first time we meet him. Yeah. And, uh, like, when they're on their way, she's kind of telling him, like, do you know what your dad did? Mm-hmm. He's like, he was an asshole. <laughs> yeah. And she's like, yeah, but he also worked on like, but do you know what he worked on? He's like toothpaste. He's also, she's like, no, he worked for the army and he worked in fringe science and essentially just made him out to be kind of like Frankenstein, which is exactly the line that they said. Yes. Um, and then, yeah, they get there and he's just, he's a crazy old coot. Um, kind of babbles on. He like has some coherent thoughts and then others very much not so because he's been in a loony bin for 17 years. Uh, they sign him out and then like on the way there the, he just kind of drops in the line like, oh yeah, when I worked with, with Belly and just like, oh my buddy. It's like, oh yeah, yeah, William Bell. You mean William Bell, the guy that owns the biggest company? Period. Massive dynamic. Yeah. The uh, slogan is what do we do? What don't we do? Which is a very generic, uh, 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 megalomaniacal, evil company slogan. For sure, but it, it's a weak that, one. I it's mean, a weak anything. One. It was it written down like, on a napkin. Exactly. It, or it was, I, I don't know what. I mean, it's, I was disappointed. I was like, you could put anything up there. Yeah. That also, can, that shot that now you, you can pan breathe up to your the, farts, massive dynamic, whatever you feel like. <laughs> They're working on it, probably. They're working on it. Uh, and even then, that shot of the billboard that you see that on, it, like, it, that even, as well, looks like it could have gone back for, like, second unit footage. And it's like, we need to hit them over the head with what Massive Dynamics is. Mm-hmm. And that's just, again, just like a second unit doing that, going back, just like, yeah, fucking whatever. Fine. Um, But, yeah, now it starts to finally hint at the idea of just kind of, like, this freaky-deaky stuff. Um, and so, yeah, they, let's see, at this point, like, the, the Walter Bishop character was like a little too old, old man coot, mm-hmm. cootie, uh, but they mellow that out. Yes, they do. They, they like, it was pretty cringeworthy at first. And then they do a really good job of just kind of like sanding out the edges. Yes, I agree. At first it's. A yeah. little too much, but then as it goes on, it, I think he's one of the more entertaining. Yeah, characters. absolutely. He also, was... the whole like the whole time is homeboy is like stricken with clear skin slash this disease, and so a lot of homegirl's motivation, yeah, is to cure him or save mm-hmm. him, and that's kind of what leads her from one stone to the next. That is the motivation for yeah. We'll skip why they're doing things. We'll tell you what they're doing. And that's what it is. That's the reason. That's Just it. know that. Mm-hmm. Just copy and paste. Yep. Um, she's not great. She's not a good actress. No, she spends a lot of time just in reaction shots, just kind of like looking. Yeah, kind like, of blank faced. 
she's not great. Uh, the pieces around her are very good. Mm-hmm. Uh, so she pulls a lot of the strings to, this is where I'd say like the show for me started to like, not started to cool down, but like was cool. Mm-hmm. Like it, it, the, the, the fun and the effect and the high that I was on from like the start of it finally wore off. And so now I'm just kind of like, all right, what's going to happen next? All right. We're getting him his lab back at the basement of Harvard. Uh, one of the, I'm sure hundreds of basements that Harvard has, mm-hmm. but it's the basement of Harvard. Sure. Um, and so they also start to drop seeds of like a little love triangle possibly happening mm-hmm. with the Peter. Uh, 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 what's his fucking name again? Bishop mm-hmm. character, uh, the, the old man's son yes. and Olivia, uh, which is fun. Cause it just reminded me of that movie uh, while you were sleeping. Sandra Bullock, Bill Pullman, Peter Gallagher. It's a 90s rom-com. Don't worry about it. Don't expect you to have watched it. But you know what? If you ever catch it on cable, you'll enjoy it. Yeah, it's check sweet. it out. Chicago movie. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. And uh, so if you get that reference, holler at me. Um, and yeah, so you see that start to like spark. Right. You at least see him going like, hey, I kind of like this uh, this this Bureau chick. Mm-hmm. Um. But then, okay, so they need to find the the perp, yeah, as it were. They have no way of doing so. Yeah. Um, what they do, well, actually, before that, they go, you mentioned, and they talk about William Bell and Massive Dynamic, yeah. and then they go to Massive Dynamic. No, that happens, uh, well. Okay, yeah, yeah, you're yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, that she, happens she, pretty much. That happens right after. Yes. So, so they need to find the perp. To reverse the condition within 24 hours. And you see, here's what I love about a show like this and what it can do, and why I like, like, why I'm kind of upset that I don't watch more shows like this. Because, mm-hmm. like, there's a million of them out there. This show made me realize that I would have fucking loved The X Files. Uh, mm-hmm. And I just never watched it. But uh, you just you pull science out your butt. I, and, like, that's fun to me. Cause that's that's movies, that's TV. I went and watched uh, uh, think, Furious like, Seven with Spencer, right? And it's absolutely ridiculous. Cars fly, like cars fly a lot in that movie. That's like a motif of the movie, and that's the thing that's like charming about it is like it seems like everyone was in a room and together they all realized at the same time that like, oh yeah, we could do whatever we want, and they like give it enough weight. I just like the idea of just just fictional science. And not sci-fi, but specifically, I like the idea of sci-fi too, but specifically just creating science. I'm trying to articulate how I feel about that. I just feel like it's, I I don't think that that's bad at all, but I feel like it's like a self-defeating cycle. It's like, if you're going to just make shit up, then just go whole hog and make shit up. If you want to like, again, like they talk about, like the justification is not important, like how how this works or why it it makes sense for mm-hmm. it to work like that just get creative with it and they seem to spend a lot of time talking about like oh well we need to sync your brain waves so that we can get you inside here which is the next part yeah well, that's pretty much yep. what they do is they have a shared dream state which is where i write like now we're talking now mm-hmm. we're going to get to like all the the kooky shit that we can do in this world that we're creating. Right. We're creating a fringe science world mm-hmm. where all of this will be real. 
And so let's start putting it into practice. Mm -hmm. So that's what I was excited about. It includes a fucking uh, self-deprivation or a self-deprivation chamber, <laughs> a sensory deprivation chamber, LSD. <laughs> uh, that's a great idea. <laughs> self-deprecating chamber. A self-deprecation <laughs> chamber. Come on, my, or, my fat ass in this chamber. Right, exactly. A self-deprecation tank. <laughs> um. But yeah, and they hook them up, and it's like pretty much a f like to two human USB cables. Mm -hmm. They avatar their ponytails, uh, yes. and they're able to kind of like communicate. And he gives her the the face of the dude. Uh, but you've actually been in a sensory deprivation chamber, have you not? Yes. What's that like? It's really cool. Um, I did it just not under the influence of anything, but I really uh, enjoyed it. It's it can be very relaxing, and it can be very intensely thoughtful um yeah i'd recommend it to everybody it was a good experience i'd like to do it again um i had a, a very profound emotional experience at mm. the end of it which was very interesting wow. I, I got very angry which i again i don't that's not what it's going to do to you but i had some time to really think about a lot of things and i uh yeah it had an effect wow it really has an effect to just sit and think in the dark and in the quiet and to float. To float yeah. is very nice. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. Yeah, everyone should do it. I, yeah. When yeah. when you told me that you did it, I was just like, oh, man, that's, uh, that sounds like an experience. Yeah. Worth having. Um, So they go into the dream state. And there's my lens flare. Yep. Thank you, J.J. Abrams. I was wondering where it was the whole time. Yeah, that's my biggest J.J. pet peeve is fucking lens flare lens flare um and uh that's that's the one thing i'm worried about with his star wars it's like that movie shouldn't have any fucking lens flare but it will is it all computerized now too it's gotta be it's gotta be it's not even authentic like you're you're creating it yeah well like watch uh you know either star trek it's coming through on these obviously these closed sets where if there is like a, a portal window it's green screen of mm -hmm. what's out there. And it's, yeah, it's all just, it's, it's very intentional lens flare. It just is one thing. He's a pretty smart guy, a pretty great filmmaker. Just can't get off the lens flare. That's got to be the next uh, thing uh, with, remember how everyone would make those videos about Michael Baying something mm -hmm. and just adding incredibly superfluous explosions to everything that's going to be i'm surprised those videos i'm sure those they have been made of jj abramsing something sure there's a gotta be out there he's gonna check into rehab for lens flare addiction <laughs> I, I i'm pretty sure that he has uh, uh suffered and been admitted to the er for his lens flaring up mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> week. uh all right so yeah so then they go uh they get the look they realize they look the guy's info up. They realize he he worked for Massive Dynamics. Right. They go there, and uh, the whole like the the main guy, the guy that owns it, is out. Yes. Um, of the country, but the lady that Olivia talks to, uh, casually takes off her her skin glove to reveal a robotic arm. Yes. 
This is like Miss Second in Command, been with the company her yeah. the whole life of the company, and is ride or die with them. She says that the company basically saved her life, yeah. gave her her sweet ass arm. It was a good looking robo arm. It was. It was great. This was another interesting character. Again, I'm, you know, all the interesting elements pop on screen for like yeah. 90 seconds and then they're out. And again, and this is something I'd like to talk about at the end, but it's like, there's so many like teasings of like, hey, in the future we'll deal with this. It's like, just give it to me now, you know? Like, <laughs> well, I, and it's all those moments that you think that you keep mentioning. And I feel like I was, I've been like this for a lot of shows. It's just like, yeah, I like that. I like that. I like that. I like that. And I like 15 other things in the show, but I didn't like the show. Mm-hmm. But I feel like with this specific two-hour fucking bloated version. Mm-hmm. I, that's what makes me interested in seeing what it's supposed to be like in its regular form to see, because they could still fuck it up and not cut that out, mm-hmm. not cut out all the exposition and all the boring stuff. And you need some exposition. Yes, we get that. But it's bloated. So I just want to see if they, they know that. The show needs some might all. And it might get it. Who knows? Because, uh, I mean, it lasted how long? Do you, do you know how long it lasted? Five seasons? Okay, You yeah. know, I think they did a weird thing, too, where, like, there was, like, a half a season remaining, and then somehow they were able to wrap it up. Here, I'll get on that. Yeah. Um, and so this is also the first time that it's... Uh, uh, Robo-Arm Lady mentions the pattern. Yes. Uh, and she, cause she just starts talking about it. She's like, oh, I just assumed you had clearance. It's like, bitch, don't assume. Especially with something like that. It's like, yeah, a lone FBI agent walks into your uh, building knowing, like, seemingly enough, they're, 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 she's dropping the right names and everything, but still, play it a little closer to the vest. Really? <laughs> Although it, that does help elude the fact that, uh, you know, they do work with the FBI. Yes. Uh, there's this big shadow organization kind of yeah. coming together across mm-hmm. between massive dynamic and the FBI and all these other organizations. Yeah. Uh, so she just straight out narcs homeboy out and gives the perp up. And of course he lives in Southie. That's right. Uh, pretty cool chase scene. I thought um, uh, uh, started here with Peter. Uh, I keep forgetting their fucking last Bishop. name. Bishop. Thank you. Uh, with Peter Bishop just catching the guy and just like wailing on him. It's like, bitch, I'm not the cops. I'll beat your ass. That was pretty great. <laughs> that was a great moment. Yeah. Uh, and then they interrogate him. This is this is where I'm just like, man, she is she is really not the best actress. Um, they interrogate him. Uh, eventually, they get all the uh, the list of chemicals that they need so they can transfuse yada 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 and the blood and the cure to get the homeboy's skin back. While they're doing that, Olivia's on the outside uh, in the halls, wandering the halls of, of Harvard, and yes. Daniels comes and talks to her and gives, like, and he basically gives her the deets on the, the pattern, trying to recruit her to, like, work with, like, he's like, yo, all right, look, here's the thing. I know. I know everything that's been going on. There's some fucked up shit. And here's a bunch more fucked up shit that's been happening. Lots of fucked up shit. And, uh, you know, you can come and work on it with us. And then, like, it was a kind of cool, and we talked about this this weekend, that scene in Men in Black, 
mm-hmm. where, you know, uh, for this, it was Daniel's telling Olivia just basically like, look at all these people walking around like, like fucking nothing, nothing's happening, you know? And like that scene in Men in Black, like, what is that again? Like when Will Smith catches the first perp and is first apo- approached by Tommy Lee Jones to join the MIB, he has a really great quote about 500 years ago, everybody knew the earth was flat. And 200 years ago, everybody knew that, you know, the, or the other way around, you know, the, the universe resolved, revolved around the earth. Yeah. And he said, 24 hours ago, you knew that there was no such thing as extraterrestrial life. Imagine what you'll know tomorrow. And it is, it's great. The dopest. And so, yeah, so I was just like, that was fresh in my mind, and so I connected that with this scene, and it got me all excited all over again. Yeah. For, again, what the show can do. Sure. Um, so, and, you know, it just it opens it up to, like, hey, man, we we might blow your mind. So let's see. So, but again, I'll, I will agree. Like, as far as what they could have done in this episode, it was all pretty tame. I think that's because they're more so going with a slow burn kind of approach which may not be the best but i i can get it uh so yeah homeboy came back i was kind of hoping that he was just gonna die like you know he wasn't gonna make it through because i was kind of pulling for olivia and uh peter you know oh well i was hoping the same thing i think if you were gonna have some some meaning behind you know maybe some driving force for the character for the series, having her budding love die as a result of something would be pretty solid. It would be, but and then what do they do? Well, so essentially the same thing does happen because it turns out he, he, he wakes up and he goes and the perp is being uh, kept in the same hospital because while they were interrogating him, uh, Peter like broke his hand and shit. And so he goes to the perp's room and uh richard steeg i think and uh and just fucking marks him mm-hmm. just suffocates him and so i was like oh shit oh you were the bad guy mm-hmm. and also there was like a tape that proved he was the bad guy mm-hmm. um so i was like all right fine little twist at the end i'm okay with that high speed chase ensues a very superfluous uh car crash scene uh ensues and then uh but yeah um you know, as he as as homeboy is dying in Olivia's arms after he just tried to run her off the road. Yep. Uh, he kind of like. Excuse me. Um, just basically like doesn't answer anything. He just like asks the, the, the question like, why did Boyle send you to the storage unit? So it was like, all right, she's got like he is dead. She He's was now. she was fucking dealing with her or, feelings. Or is he? Or is he? Because yeah, the last scene is uh, uh, yeah, them wheeling him into. You think he's in a hospital, and then they wheel him, and he's at massive dynamics, and he gets wheeled into like this uh, freezer. I don't know, some sort of mad science room, science freezer. I mean, the point of the show is pretty much everybody's working in the lab late one night. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there was also the scene with Olivia and Peter and she's like making a plea that he needs to stay and they need his father to stay. Um, and like, you know, I just liked the lines in there that more or less, uh, alluded to the fact that it pretty much was laying out the idea that like we have an ending in mind, mm-hmm. which I feel was 
like a, a, a good message that needed to be sent at the time because of Lost, mm-hmm. in which it was just kind of like this, we're going to, I don't know, we're either going <laughs> to, oh boy, uh, half of us want to make it like, you know, realish. And you know what? We're just going to go into time travel, you guys. This is going to be, oh boy. Oh, I hope we do this all right. Oh, don't hate us. Don't hate us. You sound like Elvis's brother <laughs> as a showrunner. <laughs> hey, Dave Presley, what's yep. you got the new scripts? It's like, yeah, hold on a second. <laughs> I got to. Oh, boy. Oh, never mind. I'm never going to tell you what happened with that polar bear. Uh. <laughs> not that I even know. I don't know if they concluded that or not. I stopped watching season four. Anyway. Anyway. Um, but yeah, so that was just as someone who was watching Lost and it was bringing me back to that. It was, that was nice to nice to see because it was just like, okay, cool. They're explicitly telling you we're not just going to fucking leave your dick hanging. Yeah. So I like that. Uh, I'll just say right now, I, I, I'm i going to pick it up. I'm going to watch the next episode. Um, I'm interested to see. I'm interested in uh, uh, the bulk of the characters, not the main character, which I feel like happens in so many shows where you just don't have a, uh, you don't give a crap about the main character at all. Right. And, but everyone else is great. I don't know if that's a symptom of just having to carry the bulk of a series on your shoulders and and the, and the writers not being able to like have fun with that character because there's so much at stake or specifically casting blocks of wood as lead characters. So, you know, uh, it's st- uh, a low bar? I don't know. I think they're just not that excited about what they're writing about. I think that... But I in think that they have- specifically with, like, interesting characters otherwise. Right, but I'm saying that, like, they're not writing about what they want to write about like they should just gotham should be about bullock you know this show should be about dr bishop bishop and his son you know but there's i don't know whatever studio notes or whatever it is Mm -hmm. that you do have to have some gallant white knight character whether it's a dude or a chick that has to be the the tip of the spear yeah it's it's sort of same thing with like numbers and stuff right I, I mean, you know, shows have done this in the past, too, and, you know, the best shows do this expertly is that they'll pivot. They'll realize that. They'll realize what's interesting, and they'll realize what's going to work, and they'll have enough clout with a, a network or what have you and be able to pull that off. And that's yeah. another thing. I'd kind of like to see that show, if this show pulls it off, because if it does, I think it's got a really high ceiling. And I think there's a reason that it had such a, a pretty, pretty strong fan base. Sure. I'm sure that there is. Uh, but... The fact remains that this this outing, this initial outing, what what letter grade would you give this initial outing? It's a good question. Um, well, one, I'm just really glad that we didn't have to watch it with like commercials. If we were like watching this the live season premiere, I can't see me having gotten through it. Yeah. So I'll say that uh, against it. Um, but so I'll give the episode like a b minus that's what i'm thinking yeah but i'm hopeful for what it can be because i i agree with you a hundred percent on that but i 
my thing is that's not good enough for me. Like mm-hmm. I'm tired of show futures. I'm tired of being told like, you don't even know. You don't even. It's like, yeah. I don't give a shit about that. Like every great show that I've enjoyed has been able to put enough like collateral, enough of a down payment that that I care you know, prom- with or without promises of it being good in the future. Mm-hmm. But I just feel like way too many shows don't know what they're doing at the start, don't know. I think that's what it is. Is that like, well, I have a, a couple cool things. Um, I'm going to be vague. And then depending on what people like, we'll go with that. Rather than like, I have a story to tell. I have an idea. I have a, you know, mm-hmm. I, was get- I was actually really going to say dream. <laughs> But I have a story to tell. Yeah. When that's the case, like, you know, and you throw it down. This is just, I mean, I guess it's just television. Like, I, we needed I mean, a that's show. that's the thing, is, like, the the ones that have gotten the chance and the opportunity, and again, have the 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 clout to be able to pull that, to, to go into it with that intention, mm-hmm. I think, have shown that. But with the industry being as it is, there's just so many, like that opportunity is really rare, mm-hmm. I think. And, and even, even, you know, people that have a good pedigree don't get the chance to do that. I think, you know, I think uh, a good example of being able to do that would be right now, Vince Gilligan mm-hmm. with better call Saul and his relationship with AMC. They can trust him mm-hmm. and they're, they're okay. Whereas like, it's a very untrusting industry. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, even if, you know, I feel like more than half the time shows that do get started that at least that we at least do get to see, do have all that. And then they just get torn apart. And it, like, even in the, the, the pitch meeting of just like, and then what, and then what, well, and then who, and what about this? Yeah, but how are we going to uh, appeal to these people? Mm-hmm. And how are we going to appeal to this? It's like, Ugh! and you can't say this isn't for them and this. Yeah. You can't say that. So, like, it's, I think it's a self, it's a, a, a self-perpetuating, it's a fucking vicious cycle, man. Yeah. I think it really is. It's it's on the networks, I think, to, to be able to just be hands-off. Um, you know, so... Yeah, I agree. I agree. Uh, I think you do kind of have to like a show sometimes has to go through those those growing pains, you know, uh, with, you know, being able to binge watch and stuff on Netflix and DVR. You know, you don't have you didn't have that ability to go back. If someone told you uh, a show was amazing in the, the 70s, 80s and 90s, you know, you couldn't just like watch it online. It's like, oh, man, you don't watch. For example, like Twin Peaks or whatever. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, you got to catch up on Twin Peaks. There's no way I can catch up on Twin Peaks. Right. You know, whereas now you can like. Well, see, there you go. I mean, that's that's like it right there is like you you have to be able to sell something every week as well as like an ongoing mm-hmm. thing. We've talked a lot about how television storytelling has to deal with the long play and the immediacy of what you're doing. And that pendulum does swing the other way, too, because there are some shows that come in hot come in giving you all the goods and and just completely satisfying and then fall apart by season two or three. Yeah. You know, uh, I feel like heroes was sort of like that. Yes. Yes. You it know, was. so there's, a, there's plenty of shows that come in and it seems like they do have a vision, but maybe sometimes 
you know, they'll listen to the audience and that changes. Or, like, contract disputes happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, you Writer know, strikes. R- exactly. Like so, I mean, yeah, there's just so many factors that go into it. That's what kind of just like a little bit more giving. Hence, watching three seasons of Veep and hating it. <laughs> um, sorry about that. We're no supposed worries. to turn our refrigerator back on soon. Yes. <laughs> Transparency. Um, but yeah, I also dug this show because I, I like, here's what I saw in it. And here's that little piece of potential that I did see in it. And in the show that I hope it becomes is because they're working with an investigative branch. Kind of what I'm, and it's does sell a lot on paranormal. What I'm sort of hoping for is somewhat of a, uh, so like, okay, the Ghostbusters, mm-hmm. my fifth favorite movie of all time. One of my favorite cartoons, the real Ghostbusters as a kid growing up. They were a very unjust group. <laughs> they were told ghosts were somewhere. They wrangled them up and held them without trial or sentence. True. So I would like to see what like the other world of that would be of just like law and order for ghosts. Sure. You know, and maybe this won't be ghosts, but I do like the idea of them having to like investigate and see exactly like why and what, like what something's happening and being able to like confront those entities and find out why and uh, something, a thing is happening and the motivation behind it. In the Hellboy universe, he's a part of the BPRD, which is the Bureau of Paranormal Research and Defense. Mm -hmm. And it's, yeah, I would totally love something like that. That's why I want, I wanted more crazy shit you know and that's why i think yeah there's so much flying on planes there's so much (laughs) flying on planes in this fucking show and also i just realized that that what i just described does exist it's called ripd and i should just go watch that right that too yeah and i heard that was really really bad i heard it was awful so um the dude thought it was good enough Or he needed the money. <laughs> he needed to uh, get that that uh, startup money for uh, his like dream website. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Squarespace doesn't pay for itself. How we should make a list of like you know when a titan of film acting does a show. Yeah, like you know Baldwin or um, who else? What's another good example? Basically, just like someone sl- or like True Detective with fucking right. Yeah. What I would love to see the show that Jeff Bridges would like sign on to do. I mean, I know he's older and yeah. he, he doesn't probably have any real reason to do it other than he likes it, but I would love that. Yeah. Shit. I would love that. Just like a weekly installment of Jeff Bridges. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Yeah. Doesn't need to. But none of them need to. Right. But it would be cool. It would be a good look. Be True cool. Detective season three. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> Um, so we should probably wrap it up soon here. Uh, yeah. but have you ever had any sort of like paranormal experience at all? How were, were we talking with Johnny and Spencer about this one time? I feel like we, yeah, for the blank slate, uh, the Halloween creep 2k 14 yeah. episode, um, we did talk about paranormal experiences. Yes. I've never had one like in this life. I kind of think that my memories and experience go like very deep. I think I have memories and feelings and know how things feel of things that have not happened to me as me yet. 
I kind of, I don't know. This is kind of Fu- creepy to say. Future but, or past? Well, I kind of feel like I've died before, which is crazy. But um, I kind of think that like I have. Maybe not me, but something. You know what I mean? And uh, I kind of feel like, sometimes I feel like maybe this is just being more in touch with being like a human being, but like imagining what it's like to be certain kind of animals. I've kind okay. of felt like I've kind of, known that before or when i was really young or something like that so i don't know i think there's probably is creepy creepy stuff but nothing like tangible yeah because if it's you know like just like past stuff that kind of uh could either fall under i guess is it buddhism with reincarnation yeah uh or scientology oh god yeah (laughs) could be so you know look into both yeah uh let us know what you come back with I will. I and will um, sure. how about you? Nothing really. No, uh, I've just, um, yeah, nothing at all. I've I've always been game for it. Right. <laughs> there have been nights where you know we were just like have nothing to do, so it's like, oh, let's go try to scare ourselves. Sure. Um, oh right, yeah. <laughs> but aside from that, just like not much. I've had on that other like sort of weird plane of existence type of things. Yeah. Uh, never really like other body or other self or other, uh, you know, uh, uh, species or anything like that. But I have, I remember as a kid, just like thinking about how fucking weird it was that, uh, and like, it would, it would start with like a germ of an idea. And then it would always extrapolate to like how weird it was that like I was born and live in Florida. And then not just that I live in Florida, but like, you know, I live in like, oh, this is so great. I'm four hours away from the Keys and I'm four hours away from Disney World. But then it was like, I'm in Florida. How fucking crazy is it that I'm a kid in the United States? That's a great place to be a kid. Sure. And like, how fucking crazy is it that like, we're here on Earth? Like, I could have been born anywhere, you know, like fucking France. Yeah. I'd be weird if I was French. Could have been, in, you know, in Africa. Uh, and then you're just like, man, how weird is it that we're humans? Yeah. This is some weird stuff. I'm going to stop thinking about this for the next 20 years. I know. There's <laughs> a lot of, uh, it gets very, very overwhelming very quickly. <laughs> I uh, think there's a, I don't know. Yeah, I think uh, I've had a lot of deja vu, like a lot of it, mm-hmm. and a lot of like very accurate ones, and a lot of... I don't know. I think there's a lot of shit going on that we're not really privy to. Oh, I'm I am 100 percent in you know agreement with the ideas that there's other planes of existence, other dimensions, other. Well, that's kind of I guess been proven that there are alternate dimensions and realities. I don't read enough articles to know that, uh, but I thought I heard it somewhere. It may have been trending or something. You know, I was just about to bring up. I don't. How could an article possibly convey the conceptual Such, idea yeah. of that? Yeah. How could anything short of an experience ever inform you of that? Well, like like science journals and stuff right. like that. They, they, like, they do a oh, pretty yeah. good job. They're like diagrams. Draw me sure. a nice chart. I might be able to wrap my head around it a little bit. These strings, they're all vibrating, and it's crazy. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you know, it's definitely... I remember at a really young age, like, without having really, you know, read any, like, access to the internet or ways to, like, try and see that other people had these thoughts, but eventually just, like, sort of concluding, 
it's like in science class and they were talking about just like yeah man fucking space is forever and the, it's like yeah there's we're 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 a, a, a solar system and a galaxy and by the way here are all these other millions of galaxies so it was just like common sense for me to just be like again really young just like oh so there's a gajillion percent of a chance that there's at least like 30 more Earths, at least. Sure. You know, much less whatever other uh, 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 elements that you'll need to create other types of life and other atmospheres and stuff like that. There's nothing that says, you know, okay, there, there is things that say that like we need water and air to sustain our type of life. Sure. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the fucking aliens and Independence Day couldn't sustain our type of life yeah they could be munching and breathing and drinking some totally different so but yeah man i'm just imagining the other two alien guys doing a podcast somewhere (laughs) and that's the that's the thing that's fucking most comforting to me is like if you extrapolate to that point whether they're more advanced or less advanced than us like they still have Probably ambitious ones, and they're still slackers. Yeah, you know, like they're still, lazy they're still aliens. runs the gamut. Yep, and it's like, all right, cool. That makes me feel so much better about everything I'm doing. Yep, that's true. Because <laughs> because we would be you and I sitting here right now recording this podcast into these microphones onto this very outdated Apple MacBook would be just as amazing to them as them doing whatever it is they're doing. Yeah. So it as it would be to us. Yeah. Take us home, Robert. Guys, thank you so much for listening to this episode. As always, um, you really make this possible. I mean, Rich and I do this. We love it. But it helps to have a wonderful audience like yourself. Uh, the number one thing we can ask or for, from you guys is, is feedback and um, just sort of keeping our ship afloat. Uh, what you can do is please, if you haven't already, subscribe to us either through iTunes or through Stitcher. That is a huge favor to us. So is rating and reviewing us. Please do that. That's a huge help. Um, What else? You can always reach out to us through a number of avenues. If you'd like to email us, you can email us at pickeduppodcast at gmail.com. If you want to find us on Facebook, you can search Picked Up Podcast. And probably our most favorite form of communication, you can always tweet us at Pod. What else do we have going on? We actually have some exciting stuff going on in the near future, Rich. Yes, we do. May 23rd in Chicago, Illinois at the Bug House Theater. It's Pod Slam 2015, the first ever podcast marathon, uh, uh, the first ever wrestling-centric podcast marathon for mm-hmm. charity. It's benefiting Connor's Cure. Uh, go check that out. It's a, uh, a charity that was started by the WWE, actually. Um and it will feature podcasts uh, such as Podswoggle and Alcoholywood, uh, General Admission, which is a WBEZ podcast, which is like one of the like heavy hitters in podcasting. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they did things like Serial and This American Life. So they know how to do podcasts. So we're going to have uh, special guests as well. We're reaching out to guests and uh, it's going to be amazing. It's noon to midnight at the Bughouse Theater. Go to givetochildrens.org slash podslam15 for our donation page. Thank you to everyone that's already donated. We set a pretty lofty goal, and uh, it's looking like we might be able to reach it, which is insane if we keep going at this pace. 
Uh, there will also be a live stream, so if you can't make it out to Chicago, keep uh, in touch with Podslam at Podslam15 on Twitter, uh, Podslam Podcast Marathon on Facebook. Uh, if you search Podslam2015, that should come up. And yeah, uh, it's it's going to be amazing. We have a bunch of other podcasts that are going to be there. It's going to be a party. There's going to be surprises. There's going to be drinks. There's going to be entertainment. Uh, it's going to be so much fun. Um, so yeah, Podslam 15, a podcast marathon to benefit Connor's Cure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and on a personal note, uh, you know, my uh, audiobooks are still out there. We, I, I actually this morning got uh, uh, woke up to a tweet f- uh, with a link to a review oh. for uh, the book that I read, Users, uh, Part One. Nice. Um, and yeah, it was a very favorable review. I was very happy Heck about yeah. that. So yeah, check all that stuff out. I'm no longer just man. If you put in Rich C on Audible, some asshole Rich Cohen comes up. It's first, so I'm second now. I gotta get more. I gotta get more gigs. Cohen. How does he spell it? C O H E N. C O H Cohen. Yeah. C. Oh, you're right. Yeah. So just Rich C. Mm-hmm. So his shit comes up first for whatever reason. I guess I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But uh, hey, if we sell more books that I do, it might might skip them. There might be some weird algorithm. Anyway, sorry, I'm rambling. That's Rich fine. C on Twitter. Rich uh, or Rich Cami on Twitter. Rich Cami four on Instagram. Sorry. Very cool. You can find me on Twitter at mbravo, mbravo. That's really about it for me. Uh, I'll let you know if I ever do anything. Uh, Oh, yeah. But thank you so much. This was uh, an exciting, wonderful episode. Also, if you're in Chicago, go to the Annoyance Theater Sunday nights Ah. to go see uh, Liz Anderson's One Woman No Show. That's right. Uh, There's what? At this point, two shows left? I think there's only two left. Go check them out. Five bucks. Go do it. Good deal. Good deal. Come out to the annoyance and see Liz's wonderful show. So for myself, Robert, for Rich as well, thank you so much for listening to this episode. Thanks for picking us up. This has been a Podswoggle Network production. Visit Podswoggle.com for more of that sweet, sweet entertainment.